0: Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. welcome back to another episode of Thinking Ahead, a GFK Insights podcast. This is Hannah Leiter, your host. Now for today's episode, we are going to be going into the always polarizing topic where different values and opinions are tallied and debated. Any guesses? I'm assuming you've read the episode's title. Uh, Today, we're joined by Rachel Bonsignore. She's the vice president and consultant at GFK Consumer Life to discuss political ideologies and their alignment with fellow consumers. Now, with less than a year since the 2020 elections, I know that the United States two-party system is many times portrayed in the media as two opposite ends of a poll. But at the end of this episode, I'm hoping that we might find some common ground. What do you think, Rachel? Oh, I hope so. <laughs>
1: you know, thanks for having me. And I think, you know, that's a really good point and a good place to start. You know, um, we do see a couple of really interesting trends here that um, speak to what you just mentioned. Uh, On the one hand, we see a lot of evidence that um, Americans are becoming more fragmented and siloed in their beliefs. Uh, for example, less than half of Americans today uh, believe it's important to be exposed to points of view that are different from their own. This has actually gone down a couple of points it, it, just from 2019 to 2020. Uh, most dramatically, interestingly, among Gen X, um, those who live in cities and the suburbs. Um, so certainly this kind of moving away from learning from other people. Um, But at the same time, we see also rising attitudes that we Are noticing about the value of coming together. Um, That could mean divergence, right? That could mean more polarization. It's something we really want to track. And these attitudes are things like, you know, feeling it's important to be a part of your community. um, That belonging to groups that share your interests or beliefs is important to well-being. um, That your community or your culture or ethnicity is a really key part of your self-expression. So, you know, it's kind of an interesting dynamic, right? These There's evidence, you know, and it all depends on how you interpret it, because there's a lot of evidence that people are kind of moving away from learning from other people um, and being a little more self-selective about the types of people they choose to associate themselves with, which can point to quite a bit of polarization. People just kind of align on very specific shared.
0: Well, it sounds complicated, but it also sounds like there's hope in there. So, where where are these common grounds? Where do people align a little more in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's always going to be things that people agree on and often that they agree on maybe a little more than it might seem to the general population or, or to the media or other audiences. You know, we've seen. Uh, consistently over the past decade or so that opinions on social issues like environmental responsibility, um, you know new sorts of legislation like same-sex marriage uh, continue to get more popular among people on both sides of the political spectrum. Certainly they're more popular among one than other, uh, but there is a, a real kind of groundswell in both areas and there are there is convergence for some of these bigger social issues that you know we do see over time. I think what's also kind of interesting, given the past year, you know, it wasn't just an election year, but it was certainly a major year of crisis. And there's a lot of opportunity for that to kind of bring some common values and attitudes to the forefront too. Um, I think, you know, looking at some of our early 2021 data that's coming in, we see a significant rise across the board of people who are interested in safety and protection when they think about brands and their lives, uh, people who are more interested in kind of simplicity and, and things being a lot easier, and, and a little less interested in maybe being more hedonistic or more fun or indulgent focus. So, I think sometimes these big events actually can help, uh, bring us, you know, to more of a common ground as well.
0: That's great. There's definitely some really good tidbits in there. I know we just did an episode about pride month. Um, so it's really great to see that both sides are kind of becoming more accepting of that. That's, that's amazing. Absolutely. Now those are where there's common ground, but I think a lot of times in any sort of a political situation, uh, people's attitudes or priorities tend to change. So what are the biggest attitudes on the rise in general?
1: Yeah, I think, you know... Overall, in addition to the, you know, very recent movements to, um, you know, wanting to feel more protected and um, that your life wants to be less complicated, um, we also see some really kind of fundamentals about brands um, and what people want from these brands really continue to rise overall. Um, Things like that they have to be environmentally responsible, that they need to be kind of available to them at all times, that they need to support their health and what being, um, things like that, things that, you know, don't tend to change too much over time because they're so core to what anybody will
0: want. Yeah, I definitely want to get more into how brand kind of comes into all that. But I have one more question specifically about kind of elections and politics. And that is not just what the attitudes people are looking for, but also in the presidential candidates themselves. What are they looking for there in terms of the characteristics of that person who sits in that leadership position.
1: Yeah, that is one area where the the recent data has been extremely illuminating um, on, on this particular topic and really kind of supports some of the hypotheses we had going into the election. So uh, last year, we asked for the first time in 20 years uh, what people are looking for in a presidential candidate. Um, so we have a really kind of long-term trend. A lot has changed since the year 2000. Um, and what was so interesting to us is that the um, factors that really declined the most in the U.S. were uh, more like personality traits, right? Like intelligence, honesty, like background, where they come from, things like that. And the things that have gone up in that same time period are really um, aligned more on kind of uh, the type of group you belong to. So either your political philosophy or the actual political party you belong to. And I think that's a really clear demonstration of how um, in a lot of ways, people are diverging from each other um, and and really kind of aligning themselves with one specific group without, you know, maybe enough room for listening to other perspectives. Um, you know, we, I think if you think about politics overall in the US in the last couple of decades, there used to be a lot more, you know, like considering voting for both parties or, you know, for either party or something like that and switching and all of that. And and that really seems to kind of be fading as people get more closely aligned with, you know, believe, you know, with somebody who believes the exact same things they do. So we thought that was really telling that, you know, it's less about um, kind of who the person is anymore and more about the group that they belong to.
0: Yeah, I think that says leaps and bounds to the current polarizing state that we're in, I think that explains a lot of it. Absolutely. Now, going back to what you mentioned before with brands, because I think that's a really interesting topic. Uh, how does a consumer's political beliefs really affect their trust in certain brands?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the thing that's really important to remember getting into this topic is that, you know, we've seen in our data recently that, you um, generally, uh, across all sorts of political affiliations or views, um, people are about equally likely to say that they trust brands to tell them the truth. For example, um, it's about around 50%, give or take. Um, but what is really important is, okay, digging a level below that, right? What are the factors that actually contribute to trust and make you believe that a brand is being truthful and authentic? Um, that is going to vary a lot across the spectrum. So, you know, one example, from a recent survey we did earlier this year, Um, you know, if you start off with kind of the bigger picture of just all Americans, um, 54% of Americans say that, you know, treating people of all backgrounds, ethnicities and genders um, equally is very important for earning brand loyalty. And also much more important than something like steering clear of politics and controversial issues. Um, But when you look at this by political affiliation, there is a significant gap um, between liberals and conservatives. Uh, Liberals are, you know, kind of much more likely to say treating people equally and less likely to say steering clear of politics. So there's, you know, kind of a much bigger divergence within people on that side of the spectrum for, you know, prioritizing equality over, um, you know, avoiding politics and, you know, conservatives are kind of going in the other direction. So I think if you extrapolate that to brand trust, you can learn a lot about, you know, who your customers are going to believe and who they're going to care about. And, you know, I I think we're going to talk about this a little more, but I, I really do think this is a, really underscores the importance of brands to know who their targets are and to really define who they mind losing and who they don't want to lose, um, and and take a big stand in that regard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that does kind of bring us into not just understanding the consumer, but a brand taking a stance itself when it comes to social issues. You saw a lot of that in this past year with BLM, uh, the Me Too movement before that, where, um, you know, companies would put out public notices about it. Um, I remember there was Uh, a big retail that stopped selling guns during a lot of the shootings, things like that. Does uh, that kind of belief that they should take a stance on social justice, does that align with conservatives and liberal parties? Are they both looking for brands to be doing that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's complicated. So, you know, obviously we've, been tracking this sort of idea for a while now as it becomes more common in the marketplace, we try not understand the nuances of it. So certainly, overall, um, for example, two-thirds of Americans say they'd avoid buying certain brands based on how they stand on certain political or social positions. Um, That, you know, could mean a lot of different things. Um, We do see, again, a gap between conservatives and liberals and other subgroups like generations on the extent to which brands should take, you know, a position on social issues or court controversy. Um, So, for example, uh, people who kind of, uh, you know, align themselves on the conservative side of the spectrum are more likely to kind of just feel that brands should probably take a passive approach to issues. Um, Whereas those on the liberal side are really looking for brands to take a more active stance, to not be afraid, even if it's something that's controversial or might earn them, you know, some detractors. Um, There really is a significant gap there that tells us that, um, you know, taking a stand, you know, is is a, a bold move and it's one that, you know, some people are really going to appreciate and demand, and others are, you know, maybe not going to be as happy with. Um, and there's other nuances kind of within all of that too. You know, we've been trying to, um, dig a little deeper into the specific things that people want brands to do, Um, you know, on the conservative side, you know, we see that they are more likely to trust brands when they, you know, promptly correct specific problems um, or, you know, take responsibility for, you know, core kind of brand things that are a little more apolitical, like reasonable prices and um, good quality products. Whereas on the liberal side, we've seen other things sort of spike, um, like being environmentally friendly, demonstrating core values that align with theirs, treating your employees well. I mean, I think the the kind of worker movement of the last couple of years has really been um, something that brands can't ignore. Um, you know, pay a fair share of taxes. These are things that are a little more charged, um, but that. People on that side of the spectrum are going to expect more um, than those who are a little more conservative.
0: Right. It almost sounds like the the classic big risk, big reward in brands kind of taking stances sometimes.
1: Absolutely, and I think that more often than not, it's even more kind of um, important than that. You know, it's it's not just like uh, let's take a risk or let's not take a risk. It's kind of up to us people are holding brands accountable and people are, you know, just finding it easier to have all the information they can get on what brands are doing. So um, you kind of are, you know, I wouldn't say backed into a corner, but you certainly sometimes, you know, don't have a choice but to stand up for something.
0: Yeah. But well, let's get into that a little more, consumer beliefs. I know that you touched on some of the common grounds, such as both conservatives and liberals are more accepting of things such as gay rights and gay marriage. Uh, what about general, just social tolerance? Uh, what group finds that as an important value in kind of their daily lives, the way they go about their lives?
1: Yeah, we do track that as well because it's, you know, very important, um, to understand how, you know, people feel about, Uh, Everybody kind of being treated equally and being tolerated. Uh, One of our core values that we look at every year is social tolerance. And in the past four or five years, it certainly has gone up um, about eight ranks um, among the total U.S. population. And for the most part, you know, it's consistent across groups. We do see a couple of um, sub subsegments that it's declining among. Again, Gen X kind of comes up similar to what we talked about earlier, uh, suburban Americans as well. Um, You know, it's not necessarily rising dramatically among every single group that we look at, um, but we do see that things like social tolerance and, you know, like internationalism, like wanting to know about other cultures is, um, you know, important and will not go away anytime soon. And, you know, especially with how easy it is to learn about other people, to learn what they're going through, learn about different causes and, you know, different people's struggles and backgrounds these days. um, It makes sense that that will continue to rise, but it's also really important to kind of, also track where it's declining or kind of stagnant. And and that'll tell you a lot about where your customers are.
0: I can guess that Gen Z is probably a generation that's kind of leading the charge on making this an important value.
1: You would be right.
0: (laughs) Now, we talked a lot about consumer trust in brands so far. What about trust in each other? And what implications does that have?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something we're, we've been talking about a lot. And COVID, of course, has uh, exemplified some of these trends even more and pushed them along. Um, and, you know, similar to what we mentioned at the top of this podcast, uh, it's it's a struggle right now. You know, we do see a lot of rising tensions between this idea of look just looking out for ourselves um, or looking out for others or you know maybe to put it away individualism versus collectivism um we you know have another kind of long-term 20-year trend on you know the perceived cause of problems in the U.S. and the number one item today that's risen quite a bit in the last 20 years is selfishness and people not thinking of others so there is this sense that you know um Perhaps we are not as considerate of each other. We, we maybe are not as trusting of each other. Um, we, you know, kind of need to move away from this individualism if we're going to solve some of the biggest problems in our society. Um, you know, before the pandemic um, in 2019, we saw the a, a quite a, a significant rise in people saying that there's less of a sense of community in the US than a decade earlier, uh, which certainly was troubling and, and gave us some pause as well. Um, so I think that that's one thing to really pay close attention to is this idea that you know um we community is really important and coming together is important when we only look out for ourselves the results aren't great um and a bit of a decline in like this impartiality and you know this polarization could really throw a wrench in the degree to which we truly accept each other so also kind of troubling. We've seen the value of open-mindedness. Even though social tolerance has gone up, open-mindedness has gone down a couple of ranks in the last four years. Um, We've seen also kind of over time, again, going back to the political spectrum, uh, there's a widening of the gap between conservatives and liberals on um, what they perceive to be causes of U.S. problems, um, like a letdown in moral values um, or a wrongdoing in government and corruption. Um, There's just more disagreement on key social issues and disagreement is, you know, agreement is like kind of the first step towards trust, right? You have to align on some sort of common truths or some sort of topic that you are on the same page on. Um, And so this to us is, you know, kind of troubling and something, you know, we think is important to track. I think certainly um, some of this data was collected before the pandemic, and we've seen a lot of people come together in really amazing ways and really recognize the power of groups <laughs> and of mass efforts. And, and we're really hopeful that we'll continue to kind of um, grow and, and get bolstered to really move the country forward.
0: Yeah, that definitely relates a lot back to how people are looking at presidential candidates of more of what groups they're in versus really really listening to each other, it, it, it really rings true right to that. Absolutely. Thinking ahead, what other ideologies will shift in the next decade?
1: Yeah, so um, again, we're, we're really hopeful about this idea of collectivism. We talked up front about how people are kind of rediscovering um, the importance of community and of finding like-minded people um, who, you know, feel the same way you do. So hopefully people can channel that into something really positive for each other and recognize how powerful we can be when we come together. Um, You know, we didn't talk about it too much today, but we also really believe that um, information and and facts and and accurate, uh, you know, pieces of knowledge are increasingly going to become a top commodity and going to be really important. Um, this is related to politics and social issues. It's also related to brands. Brands really need to be, uh, trusted sources of information and give you, um, the facts in a way that is digestible for anybody. Um, we also see, you know, kind of, uh, thinking about the pandemic and some of the values uh, we expect to rise in the next couple of years, Um, kind of new evolving definitions and mandates for things like safeguarding and protection. Again, you know, hoping people come together on their views of what that means. Um, And we're also really hopeful that, you know, as more information and kind of irrefutable evidence of various social threats like corruption or climate change or inequality Um, will push more people to kind of get on the same page about what social problems need to be solved and how we can do that
0: together. Yeah, definitely. A lot of complex things that we've (laughs) talked about here. I mean, I'm I love that I'm in this discussion and I'm going to listen to this later because I'm going to need to. But I have to ask you now, of course, as a last question, as an expert in consumer trends, what would you do with the information we've discussed today? Which, as you've said many times, it's complicated. How can you use it to better a business?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly complex. But that doesn't mean it's not also exciting. You know, we've seen um, that times of crisis and disruption and polarization have also been really uh, times for brands to rise to the occasion and, and do things that are new and really interesting and innovative. So, one thing we think is really important for brands to do is to have some self awareness, really take a step back and consider how you know, what role your brand and your position in the marketplace affects everything else, right? How are you having an impact on people, um, you know, the situation? What are some really kind of bold, um, courageous steps you can take to align with the kind of brand you want to be? Um, We also think it's a time where brands can explore new, impactful ways of being a trusted, reliable, and transparent source for the information that people need. You know, we we didn't talk about it too much today, but uh, another kind of startling thing in our data is how much trust in government has declined, um, as well as other public institutions. What role can brands play and fill in some of those holes and, and give people what they, they need to know? Um, and, you know, kind of speaking to the complexity, you know, really rethinking how you look at your customers and your targets, right. Um, really recognizing that not only are people kind of more fragmented from each other than ever, but they're also more nuanced than ever before. You know, you can't just pin down people with, you know, one or, you know, two or three factors anymore. And think that kind of defines who they are. They're really, um, Their views and and their outlooks and their needs are really complex and can't be kind of boiled down. So really understanding what drives people, what they want from brands, how they want brands to talk to them and using that knowledge to move forward.
0: Trusted, reliable, transparent role. I love that. (laughs) Well, that actually brings us to the end of this episode. Now, if you're listening and you wanna know more about GFK Consumer Life, and how data like this can help your business head to the show notes. I will have everything linked for you there, but as always, thank you so much, Rachel, for just another really great and insightful conversation.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of thinking ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date on the latest insights. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.